From the day George Floyd was murdered and for the past 10 months since, people who sympathize with the worst acts of police violence have always tried to make the murder of George Floyd about George Floyd, almost as if he committed suicide by a cop. But nothing could be further from the truth. Today begins the trial of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. And we already know what to expect. They're going to try to make this the trial of George Floyd. Let me unpack and explain three things that I think are going to happen and what the prosecution must say to make sure that Derek Chauvin is held accountable for this. This is Sean King. And you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. As I record today's episode of The Breakdown, the prosecution and defense are about to make their opening statements. And I want to address, I don't even want to say the elephant in the room, but I want to address what I believe is going to be the obvious strategy of the defense team of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. In essence, they are going to say that he did not kill George Floyd and that his actions did not kill George Floyd and that the actions of the other officers who were also on top of George Floyd for nearly nine minutes as he died, they're going to say that those actions had absolutely nothing to do with the death of George Floyd. In fact, what they're going to try to do is what we first saw happening in the media They're going to try to make this, instead of the trial of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, they're going to try to make this the trial of George Floyd. But the truth is, uh, George Floyd was a survivor in every sense of the word, and he would be alive right now, unknown to 99.9% of the world had those police officers not put their full body weight on him and resisted the calls for his help, the calls for them to get off of him, and instead continue to put pressure not just on his neck, which is what Officer Derek Chauvin did as George Floyd writhed in pain, but they put pressure over his entire body, putting their full body weight on his head, neck, and spine as he died. And I have watched the video of what I would call the murder, the execution of George Floyd many times, and I watched these videos many times in part so that you don't have to. And I have watched, in fact, every video from that day that's available from surveillance cameras to uh, the, the footage from bystanders who were there, including many of the people who were just standing there saying, get off of this man, you are killing him. People who were there, including people with medical background, were saying, you are killing this man 
at least allow me to come take his pulse, at least allow me to come over there and give him some type of medical assistance. But the police refused. And anybody who was watching, including children who were there, adults who were there, and people with a medical background who were there, including myself, who have watched every second of every clip that was available from that day, from every possible angle, it was clear that they were killing George Floyd. He begged for medical assistance. He begged for them to get off, and they refused. Even after he was handcuffed with his hands behind his back. Now, what you need to understand is that that very position is one of asphyxiation. When you put someone on the ground, on their stomach, with their hands behind their back, Without putting pressure on them, it can be hard to breathe. But when you put someone on the ground with their hands behind their back and then put the combined body weight of a thousand plus pounds of pressure on this man's body, that is choking him. And for people who are misunderstanding when we say, Uh, a death by asphyxiation, you are clear that George Floyd died right there. People who are disputing whether or not the officer's actions were the cause, it's like, are you not watching the video? And people often have a dispute on whether or not it's death by asphyxiation because they're saying no one was choking and people are thinking like, hands around George Floyd's neck. No. Again, when you are on the ground, handcuffed with your hands behind your back, and you have people putting pressure on your head, neck, and all over your torso, the man literally said he could not breathe. And slowly but surely, right there on the concrete, plain as day for everybody and eventually for all of us to see. The police officers killed this man. But what they're going to do today from their opening statements and throughout the entire trial, what they're going to try to do today forward is try to put George Floyd on trial. They'll want to talk about what George Floyd did the day before he died, the week before he died, the year before he died, the hour before he died. They'll want to focus on everything except for the eight-plus minutes that police were on top of this man in which he actually died, in which this grown man began begging for his mother. And it appears, having watched it many times, it appears in many ways that George knew that he was dying and could feel it. And in some ways, thought he was about to transition from time to eternity, 
to be with his mother. Neither here nor there, he did die. What we know is, had George Floyd simply been taken to the hospital, had he been treated with care instead of brutality, he'd be alive right now. But we've seen this many, many times where police want us to think that their actions, including when they literally shoot and kill someone, that it was not their actions. Like, I'm studying a case now in Virginia of a young man just this past week that was shot and killed by police in Virginia Beach. And I see that, um, that title that they give, officer-involved shooting. Okay, so an officer is there. He was involved. There was a shooting. Are you saying that the officer was involved in the shooting? Are you saying that an officer literally got his gun and shot a man dead? Because I would not describe an officer grabbing his gun and shooting an unarmed, nonviolent man dead as officer involved. No, he shot and killed a man. And police, even in the language that they use, try to make it as if what they did is not what caused the death of a man, woman, boy, or girl that they killed, that they murdered, that they slaughtered. And there's something so fundamentally grotesque about what they did to George that in many ways it sparked an uprising not only in Minneapolis, but it caused such anger frustration, and despair around the country because we saw one of the grossest things we've ever seen in our lives. A man who should be alive, who should have received a ticket or at the very most an arrest for a misdemeanor, instead given the death penalty. That's what we saw. It was a horrible video. And in those 10 months, so much has changed in this country. But I remember the day the video was released, the day after the video was released, I literally remember seeing people like Sean Hannity say, this is awful. But I also remember literally George W. Bush saying the same thing after the murder of Eric Garner, that there is this little 48-hour window where conservatives and liberals and everybody else in between agree that they just witnessed a murder. And then politics happens. And everybody gets back in their position, back in their tribe, back in their crew. And then once you're in your tribe, you have to take the position of your tribe. And now it appears the position of conservatives in America who I don't even know why they're still pretending to care about law enforcement. The, uh, the attack on the Capitol proved that they don't care about law enforcement at all and have even in the, the wake of the murder of an officer, multiple suicides of officers who were there, an officer who lost a finger, an officer who was blinded, multiple officers who received concussions, 
that eight conservative Congress people even voted against honoring the police officers who did what they could do to try to stop the attack on the Capitol. They're not, they're not even pretending anymore. But at the root of people's defense of Officer Derek Chauvin, who is really indefensible, at the root of their defense is not love of police. It's anti-blackness. Less than they love this officer who had killed people before, who had harmed people before, who had brutalized people before, less than their love of this man. Anti-blackness is as American as apple pie. You know it, and I know it. I'll be watching closely. I'm guarding my heart, and I encourage you to guard yours too. You've heard me say this before. I don't know that justice alone is the conviction of this officer. That's some measure of accountability, but I don't know that it's justice. Justice is a lot wider and a lot deeper and includes the conviction of this officer. But that's not enough. I'll be back here tomorrow. We'll talk about the opening statements. Love and appreciate you all. And if you're not yet a member at thenorthstar.com, just understand that this podcast, every single episode of it, is underwritten by the generous members at thenorthstar.com, and we need your support. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Hi. This is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star, encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at The North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. It's the past.